Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Talk Show once more. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be rolling out episodes more frequently. Uh, but today's episode is going to be rather short. We're going to talk about uh, mainly the cyber tech world, you know, uh, with, with hacking and computers and such. And I'm also going to talk about some real talk with some real life stuff. And uh, yeah, it should be a pretty good episode. Anyways, let's just dive right into it. So. First things up is with the hacking world. So there, there's not too much going on at the moment in the hacking world. Um, there was a botnet a while back, uh, which for people who don't know what a botnet is, it's basically a network of computers that is under a, a certain attacker's uh, command. And he can use these computers to do anything he wants. So for instance, if I had a, um, a botnet, which I do, um, it's a legal community-made botnet though. But let's say I have this botnet, and if I wanted to, I could just, uh, I could, for instance, make all of them uh, send a request to a web server somewhere at the same time. And depending on how many there are in the botnet, I can crash a web server doing this. And so the botnet, uh, there's this, uh, there's different names for them because sometimes you can get a community made one from a community script or something, or you can even generate them yourselves sometimes. But then we have things such as, um, Mirai. And Mirai is a really interesting topic because Mirai, uh, was an Internet of Things botnet, which was unheard of at that time. You know, Internet of Things is still a pretty new subject to some people, so they might not understand really, uh, what, what, what that even is. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an opener to, to Internet of Things. Internet of Things is anything that has a, a Wi-Fi chip or, or a motherboard or anything that can basically be used or hacked into uh, by an attacker. So personally, uh, I've... I don't have too much on Internet of Things. I'm, I don't really, I'm not a professional in it or anything like that. Um, but Internet of Things is a really interesting topic because it's so, it's so broad, it's so huge. And that's whenever the Internet of Things botnet comes in because it's very interesting to see this put into play in the security field. So um, anyways, let's just kind of get into that. So the Mirai botnet, it's, it's really... Uh, difficult to describe because of its nature, but in, in its basic form, the Internet of Things botnet Mirai is a botnet that was originally started by a student. He had no malicious intent with it, but he did um, use it and start it up, and it became bigger than himself. He didn't mean to do what he did. He took out the Internet on most of the West Coast, I believe. It was either the West or the East, but basically one of the coasts. He took out the entire internet there. And he was, he launched this program that didn't just scan IP addresses on his LAN network. And it wasn't a botnet that was like, you infect a device and then it's added to a botnet. It wasn't like that. He didn't infect anything. In fact, all he did was have this crawl this crawler. So it basically searched the internet, searched into servers, CCTV cameras, anything that had a Wi-Fi or a motherboard or anything on it, anything you can connect to. And he he made the script search through these things. And whenever it found a target, it 
added it to a list and the only way it could it could be added to this list is if it had an admin panel you know something to log into and there was other things that didn't have admin panels but this is one of the examples so it, it let's say you have a cctv camera in your office right well that can be hacked into so this his web crawler automatically finds that cctv camera connects to it and then attempts to log in to the admin panel using default admin and uh, username and passwords default admin username and passwords and this is something that even i have done um i once connected to a projector uh, it, it was re it's really funny how i did it too so i on my phone i used an app and i scanned my school's network this was at school i scanned the network for open ports and i found one in the classroom and i thought well that's interesting you know i was mostly getting printers and stuff in the office but I, I didn't get anything in the classroom quite just yet so i thought that was interesting i opened it up in my browser connected to the port and the ip and it brought up the projectors admin page and i thought well it's pretty cool that i got to connect to it but i can't do anything with it unless unless i get the username and password so i looked up the uh the, the default username and password for the administration panel uh for that for that specific brand and i and i found it in less than 30 seconds and i put in the default and it actually logged me in my teacher hadn't changed the uh the the password and so whenever i got in i was like oh wow i, I basically just like found my way into this projector and i wonder what i can do i could have connected it to my phone uh you know to like screen share which i didn't do because that would easily get me caught and to this day they don't know it's me they might know it's me after this podcast is released but they don't know it's me right now and whenever i finally connected to it um i started playing around with it and it was basically a remote control on my phone in the browser so i was turning it on and the teacher kept turning it off and he's like what in the world's going on with this projector why is it doing this and i'm just sitting in the back of the classroom just laughing my butt off and i just keep turning it on and on and on and he keeps turning it off and it's just so funny but how does this lead back to the mirai botnet well that is just a small demonstration of gaining access to a uh a, a projector and, and it could be the same for a cctv camera the same process you scan for open ports and there you go you, you get if you get an open port from a cctv camera you log in with the default username and password and then there you go you have full access to it right well after doing this this person made a script that can actually scan all ports like all ip addresses all ports and stuff like that like on the internet it was it's insane how it worked i don't i don't know too much about it but just 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 bear with me here the the botnet started to grow because whenever the username and password was finally found it was stored in a file and I, I don't know what it was called but let's just say it's called zombies.txt and whenever he commanded these because whenever it's added to the list of things he can control he can control them now right so he since he has control with it what's he going to do with it well he decides to ddos quite <laughs> i mean that's what you do with a botnet you ddos uh, you can do other things with it as well but he took these um the all the bots and then deployed massive and heavy ddos attacks against different 
places. I'm not speci- I'm not sure which specific places they are, but uh, this Mirai botnet source code was uploaded before he was arrested, the person that created it. And it's out there. It's out there on the dark web. It's out there even on the clear net, on the normal internet. You can Google it and probably find it. Now, you got to be careful because sometimes you can find virus versions of it. So uh, for my listeners, I strongly advise that you don't go looking for it unless you really know what you're doing. But the Mirai botnet was released, finally. And anyone, for a short while, it was available to download on the original on the original site. So people still have this botnet. Um, but the botnet stopped growing for that specific file. What's interesting is that I found a website the other day called Mirai Exploits. And uh, the, whenever you go to that website, it's a bunch of tools that are based on the Mirai botnet source code. And whenever you launch these tools, like it's expensive. Like you can get the free ones, which has very limited functionality, or you can buy it for like $500, $800, depending on which modules you choose to download. But whenever you buy these, it is legit. It is source code based on the Mirai botnet. And you can basically start it up again. And what's what's nuts is that nobody's thought to do this yet, and didn't like barely anybody knows about this website. Uh, the YouTube channel for the website only has like 15 subscribers at the moment, I think. Even then, that might be far fetched. I don't know, but it's really just interesting to see that something so big is now so small because it took out the internet, and so you'd think, well, since it took out the internet, it, it can. You know, if anybody would want that power, if if you're a coder or if you're just a normal hacker, you would definitely want that power. But this, this, um, I don't know, people just haven't gone to download it now. I personally have downloaded the tools for the free versions just to check it out and play around with it. And it's got some pretty serious stuff on there. You can have a Bitcoin miner, you can have a keylogger, you can make it disable task manager. Like it can, you can do some really nasty stuff with it. And then whenever you infect a computer, because this one does work by infection, not crawling the internet, well, technically the initial infection starts with a file, but then it does actually scan uh, your network and spreads over LAN which is a paid feature, but it's still really, really interesting to see that uh, a mini version of the original Mirai botnet source code was implemented and you can spread it over LAN. That's really awesome. I think that the coders of that are definitely going to get in trouble, (laughs) but I I still think it's interesting to see that these people are, are trying to revive it and it's not because they want to do something bad with it. You know, not everybody's trying to do something bad with it. I think that they're doing this so that they can get the experience and learn how it works. And and because it's a really cool and awesome project. It really is. I And I, I think that it's going to be a successful one as well. And in other news, I personally own a YouTube channel. And I uploaded some hacking videos on there, hacking tutorials. Um, I started off with basics, you know, how to download and install Kali Linux. I personally use Kali's subsystem for Windows, uh, but I avoid using that when I can. Uh, For the tutorials, I want to make it as uh, friendly to people who aren't like used to hacking, for instance, or used to Linux or anything like that. I use Kali subsystem for Windows because it's very, very good for beginners. But personally, I recommend Parrot OS. But that is hopefully going to be in a different day for um, for talking about it on the podcast and for YouTube. It's just going to be a different day because that's a whole different uh, subject on its own. But 
As for Kali subsystem for Windows, it's basically you open up a black box. Sorry for the buzz. Uh, you open up this. You open up Kali Linux, and it's a console. It's a console window, but it's you're in the Kali system. It's like a, it's like an emulated version of Kali, but it, it is the legit Kali. It's just a terminal version of it. And so um, I've been teaching how to hack in there, and I recently learned how to finally get a GUI up and running on there. Um, if you're using UFOnet, which is a DDoS tool, I already made a video on that as well. And that's that's where things get really interesting because my YouTube channel was originally meant for vlogs, and that's funny because I how did I go from vlogs to hacking? Well, good question. I went from vlogs to gaming videos because my interests over the years have changed. I've been YouTubing since 2012. I haven't made it very far on YouTube, but I just kind of don't care. I just kind of do it for fun. But you know, I I started with. Um, music at first and then drone videos and vlogs and stuff like that having fun and then i went into gaming montages because i really wanted to learn how to do this crazy editing and stuff and i got decently far on that but then i started getting into computers graphics cards building them and then eventually hacking them and that's whenever i started hacking tutorials originally they weren't too popular because my microphone was horrible my voice was annoying at the time and <laughs> i just didn't really know what i was doing but then I gained more and more knowledge. I matured some, matured some, and I, f I finally kind of worked out the kinks. And I restarted that series and organized it a lot better, you know, from beginner to my level. And I don't even know what level I'm at. I just know that I'm at my own level. So I went from installing Kali Subsystem for Windows into uh, how to DDoS. Which, which is a really good intro video because it shows you how to use the basic Linux commands that you would need for any kind of hacking. And then we go into how to virus and bypass antivirus. And that video blew up. That one got up like 502 views in the first week. And that's nuts. I mean, my channel is very small. I only have, at the time, I only had 78 subscribers. Now I have like 83 and that video's got 500 views. And I thought, oh, wow, this is great. So I'm going to release more, right? So I so I decided to give you guys something special. And this is risky because it's against YouTube's uh, uh, policy. But I released a video with, for educational purposes. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that saved me from it. It's the educational purposes uh, disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I, I uploaded the video on how to hack into Instagram accounts. Surprisingly, it's not been taken down. It's still on there, and you can see exactly how to do that. You can see how to hack into Instagram accounts, and, and, it's, and that video is also starting to gain a lot of views, and I just posted it like two days ago, and that was it. And so th it's really awesome to see that people in the community are enjoying my hacking videos and enjoying the tutorials, and that people are getting more knowledge on this because hacking is not something that you should learn just to be able to say you can do so or just so that you can actually hack into people because that's stupid you can get in trouble for that like bad trouble for that but hacking has more benefits than that i personally learned hacking to learn how to protect myself from being hacked and i have to say that uh since i started to learn how to hack i have definitely decreased my amount of viruses on my computer by a lot. I, I get a virus here and there, 
but I, it's nothing I can't take care of. It's nothing that bad. Most, the worst I've had so far was a, um, a virus that disabled my task manager, had a minor. It's, it's not the one that I was talking about earlier, but it, it, was, it was a pretty nasty one. But it was really stupid because the person left behind text files that the code itself was stored in. And then a different program executed it from the text file. I'm sorry, that's just stupid. But whenever I found whenever I found those, I went ahead and I deleted them. I deleted the the, the startup files, just everything. I restored my registry. Everything was fine after that. And ever since I haven't had any problems and I've been a lot more careful. So I've not like virused myself and I definitely haven't virused myself as much as I used to. When I first started, I was about eight years old, and I started learning about malware because my computer got infected. My dad came in, got upset, fixed the computer, and then all was said and done. So whenever I, whenever he told me a little bit about it, that's when I got interested, and I started doing malware research. Well, at the time, I thought Malwarebytes was the shiz, so I decided to download Malware bytes, and I went ahead and downloaded viruses constantly just to see what they would do, and then take them off the computer, see how the antivirus would work, which of course isn't how it works, but it, it, that's just what interested me. So it was really nice, it was really interesting, and I definitely think that it's a good, it's a good subject to learn if you want to learn to protect yourself. Definitely not for malicious purposes, though, because. One, I kind of have to say that, and two, I do mean it because you really can get into some pretty bad trouble for that. A few friends of mine got raided uh, <laughs> because they were doing some hacking and stuff, so it was, it was pretty bad. But um, anyways, now we're going to go to the next topic, the real-life stuff. This is where the episode gets stunningly short because there's not much happening. I've got archery tournaments every single Saturday. I started uh, weightlifting in school because we have a gym, and I now have access to that. And I'm currently doing chemistry, so that's why you heard papers earlier in the episode, and you're going to hear them now, probably. Just throughout the episode, you'll hear them. I also had a few alerts during the episode, so that's why you might have heard buzzing or just tapping or whatever. But, I mean, it, that's just life. You know, I'm, I'm doing chemistry right now, and, and it's uh, it's bonding, uh, chemical bonding. And it's really annoying, because now i got to identify the following compounds as ionic or covalent. Before that, it was, what are the four types of covalent? Co not even covalent. It's like tongue twisters, man. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And before that, I was doing Algebra 2, which I also don't understand. I don't understand most of this stuff, but thankfully, the school I go to has a lot of resources for me to uh, you know, use and be able to get better. I just have to be committed towards getting better. And that is what I mean by stunningly short, because that is it for today's episode. If you did like it, make sure to follow the podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.